0: Please be seated. I'm gonna start today by telling you something you may not know about me. And if you do know it about me, you may wish that you didn't. I am a bluegrass flat picker. Even though my skills leave much to be desired, um, there's a saying among guitar players especially, I think it's a bumper sticker even, It says, he who dies with the most guitars wins. There's no such thing as too many guitars. Most bluegrass pickers, you will discover, will readily admit to having a stringed instrument habit. Look, mine's pretty moderate. Okay, I've got three guitars. And a mandolin, and a mandala, and a rockabilly slap bass with white flames on it. And this part amounts to a confession on my part and a banjo. I repent. But hey, at its worst, it means that I annoy my family with the practicing of the same Celtic reel over and over for several hours straight. And yes, my children can hum the tune to Angeline the Baker from memory. And you know, we all have things for which we are passionate about, and because we're passionate about them, we feel like we can't have enough of it. I love guitars. I love playing. In reality, I could live with one guitar, and I could live with one mandolin, and I would be just fine. But all of us, in some area of our lives, we struggle with this idea of what is enough. And you know, this gets to some rather serious issues sometimes on Thursday, I had one of my monthly breakfasts uh, with a group from Grady High School, and then later I had lunch with a group from Atlantic Girls School. And during the conversation, I always try to ask them, you know, how are you doing? And occasionally it's answered with something other than, uh, fine. And we started talking about uh, what was going on with them, and, and at some point in that conversation, in different ways, they expressed to me that there was not enough of something in their life. Not enough rest, not enough time, not enough study time, not enough colleges to apply to to make make sure that they got in. There's a lot of anxiety around these things, too. And as we talked, I realized that, that one of the developmental struggles that they are engaging with right now is their relationship with enough. And, you know, it's a developmental struggle that we carry our entire lives, we grown-ups, as we try to become more grown-up in Christ and in the church. And, you know, Jesus is in a place of worship today in the temple, the place of worship, and in this scene, we're pushed to consider our relationship with enough, a common reading that's probably going on in pulpits all over the country right now, and it's, I think it's partly right, goes like this. Give like the widow gave. Give until it hurts. Give your two last pennies. Or, or the one that says, she gave, so you give. Or this one, Jesus gave all, so you Give. And I think the the question that we don't always do a really good job of answering with the gospel about the widow, the poor widow, and the the widow's might, or as our British friends call it, the widow's farthing, is how much is enough for God? And the answer that we get sometimes from the church, and I think this is the answer that the temple was communicating with the widow through their behavior on this day, The answer that we get is everything, every little bit. I'm not sure this is quite right, though, because in today's gospel, we get a picture of what the opposite of enough looks like, and and Jesus condemns this, really. He, He speaks out against it. He points to this particular group of scribes, and he tells his friends as they sit across from the treasury box. Look at those guys in the robes, he says. Look at those scribes. They're so intent on rich living that they take even the pennies of these ladies, these poor widows. They take them and they convert them into personal wealth. They devour widows' houses, he says. Now, in the temple system, there were hundreds of people who just had jobs in the temple, and they were good people, and they did their jobs quite honestly. But like any human system, we see out there, uh, within it sometimes, there's dishonesty, and these were greedy people. Every day, we can safely imagine here, they witnessed people like the poor widow putting their offerings in the box, sometimes all they had, and then every day they took those offerings, and they used them for personal gain and for status and for position. And there's a lot in the literature from Jewish scholars and from uh, the Mishnah that, that, condemns this practice and says that this is the opposite of how people are supposed to act in the temple, not supposed to parade around their possessions. But if we read this honestly, though, we can't just point our finger at those scribes, can we? And we may even have a hard time identifying with the widow as well. So I'd say that we're a little bit of both, aren't we? Sometimes we live into the lie of acquisitiveness and not enough. And sometimes we live into giving of ourselves and still feeling as if our offerings are meager, as if they are not enough. And I think we're offered a way out today. I mean, we can enjoy life. We can have things that we're passionate about, things that we seek, things that we're hungry for, And yet many days there, there will also come times when we, are, we feel called to give away our things, to give away our possessions, to give away our money and ourselves for the sake of others. Even so, we all have places in our lives that need work, don't they? Places where, like the temple scribes, we cannot have enough. We face the demon of consumerism every day. It surrounds us everywhere we go now. It's even on the little screens we spend all our time looking at during the day. We all face cravings. We all face overindulgence just like the scribes. Yet you know the opposite is also true, isn't it? And I witness it in this place all the time. I look out and I see people who are so generous and people who daily offer themselves to this place and to other people, people who are sacrificial in, in in their giving of their of their time and of their money and of themselves. People who give like the widows sometimes. Yet even so, even so we are generous, we still have times in which we feel like our giving doesn't measure up. We feel as if we cannot do enough for someone, or we cannot do enough for something, no matter what. We manage to do. The good news that Jesus offers, though, is that God is working to sanctify our entire life. God is working to sanctify our appetites and our generosity, our selfishness and our selflessness. All of these things we can offer to God's transformative work in us because God gives us enough. And we see hints of enough in our worship here even. Every Sunday we're offered a model for graciousness and generosity for how God has been with us and how God continues to be generous with us. We pray these words that say Jesus took bread, Jesus blessed it and broke it and gave it away. And then Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you, given for you. Every week we are freely given a gift from God. The bread and the wine, the fruits of God's generosity, they, whether or not we, we know it, they transform our bodies. We leave this place changed, maybe even sometimes saved. And Jesus' generosity for us then, everything about us is up for redemption. How we consume, how we treat one another, how we give. The gospel of Christ is never about our not being enough. You could say it's about enough already. (laughs) Jesus notices the poor widow's gift and he honors it. But we see that the temple, as it is, is telling her she is not enough. Enough already, Jesus is saying to the scribes, with your selfishness. She needed some kind of relationship with somebody that told her in her poverty she was loved and cared for. And enough already, he says to the widow. You have given enough. You are enough. My hope is that our giving of ourselves in this place as we express it, and as we will express it during the offertory when we bring full baskets full of pledges that are offered to this church, That what we see outwardly outwardly today in these baskets is our outward expression of enough. Our hope in these gifts is that we can continue to be a place that is different from the temple, that is different from the consumerist world that we live in, that is a church that, that doesn't just want more from people, but wants more for God's people. And through this practice of generosity, we are invited to a life of enough. A life that is more abundant. A life that is less anxious. And this is our big hope. A life that is aligned with God's purposes for this world.